Hey, this is Kevin Kelly, and you are listening to the Stardom Cast. This is Jesse from Club Venus from Stardom, and you're watching Stardom Cast. Welcome to the Stardom Cast, your weekly audio source of all things World Wonder Queen Stardom. I'm your host, Rob Gooden. I'm joined as ever by Mr. Matt Turner. Matt Turner, it's the lead up to Christmas. We've got a full card for Dream Queendom. It is a happy, happy time. Absolutely, my friend. I'm super excited to be talking to you and all the fantastic friends and family of the Stardom cast is we have a solid card for Dream Queendom, as well as four really, really good shows to talk about. But I'm also super excited for, um, as we record this, Mr. Goodwin, it is Wednesday. Usually every Wednesday at 8 o'clock, I do watch AEW live on TV. And I'm super excited for two main reasons. Number one, the Von Eriks will be on TV. I'm a huge fan of everything world-class championship wrestling, especially the Von Erichs. Uh, obviously, Kevin Von Erich is a national treasure. Everything that that poor guy has gone through in his life, and uh, anytime you see him, he always has a smile on his face, and he's just happy, you know, uh, to, you know, be a great father and a great husband and a great uh, grandfather as well. So you look at Kevin Von Erich, and I just think that he's somebody that uh, anybody that's experienced any tragedy in life, is somebody she should look up to because he just looks at his life that he was just absolutely blessed. So, uh, and it is a stardom podcaster. So, uh, former high speed champion Rio returns to action tonight. So, I'm super excited about that. So, all should be fun and all leading up to the 84,000 shows we have coming up the holiday season over in Japan, my friend. Oh, God, haven't we just? I can't wait to have a look at the uh, the schedule for stardom over the next couple of weeks um, leading into 2024, which is uh, which is an outrageous schedule. And uh, at this point, I don't think we'd expect anything less. I think it's really good timing, actually, from uh, from AEW, and I doubt that it was uh, that it was accidental, obviously, with uh, the Iron Claw coming out. Um, they're in Dallas, Texas. So, of course, it makes sense to have the Von Erics there. Um, have you seen Iron Claw yet? No, comes out uh, next Friday. My last day of work from the year. So that's going to be my present to myself as I'm going to see the Iron Claw movie uh, when it comes out next Friday. I believe the 22nd. Ah, brilliant. It's also my last day at work as well. So we'll be able to have a festive little uh, little chat about that film. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Um, I don't know when the uh, release day is in the UK. I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to look that up, though. I imagine it'll be a hard sell for me to try and get Kirsty to come and see that with me. Um, although... If I told her that Zach Efron is ripped and shirtless throughout most of it, maybe I'm onto a winner. Who knows? <laughs> um, but sell, baby, sell, baby. <laughs> absolutely, you've got to know your audience. You've got to know your audience. <laughs> but like we said, we have got a lot to talk about in terms of Stardom. Four shows that are up on Stardom World from the New Year's. Um, sorry, the year end 
tour that uh, Stardom are currently going through. We had a press conference, which of course means absolute anarchy, um, as always in Stardom, um, including Rossi Ogawa being assaulted. Um, How dare they? Um, And we've also got just a whole host of information regarding stardom as it heads into 2024 so lots and lots of tasty things to talk about in the next what will undoubtedly be two and a half three hours um uh, but before we get into all of that before we talk about any news mr matt turner what is coming up on the stardom cast extra this month the stardom cast extra the patreon we have already released two well, one alternate commentary and one watch-along. We do the watch-along to Minami Toyota versus Mima, Mima Shimoda. Am I saying that right? Mama Shimoda? Mima, I believe it's Mima Shimoda. Mima Shimoda. This was one that basically our buddy Steve over on Patreon was like, I really, really want to see you guys do an alternate commentary to that match because Allison Danger on our uh, top five favorite female matches of all time that were released a few weeks ago brought it up. We were like, yep, Absolutely. We will do it. And folks, when we say we take suggestions, we take suggestions. So if you have a suggestion for a review or alternate commentary or uh, watch along, you know, let us know. So that was dropped. Uh, also, the Aphrodite versus Momoa's championship title match, the alternate commentary of Sayakamatani and Utami Hayashista defending the uh, wonder, excuse me, the goddess of stardom tag team championship against Momo Antanabe and Azumi. It's an all Queen's Quest championship tag match as uh we are having ourselves a queen's quest christmas also we will be releasing next week the alternate commentary to what i believe and you as well mr rob goodwin believe is the greatest women's match of all time as mayu iwatani will challenge io shirai for the world of stardom championship from year-end climax 2016 and as well by the time you listen to this give or take a day or so the um, our, my review of azumi's 2021 five-star grand prix that will all be up on your patreon feeds within the next few days it's uh it's certainly a wonderful time over at uh over at patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast um lots and lots of good things going on and of course if we're talking about queen's quest you know matt turner is going to be a very very happy little bunny um and i just want to give a shout out to some of our brand new patrons thank you so much to everyone that supports us over there and thank you in particular to our brand new patrons jeff clancy and now i've got to get this right because he specifically requested a shout out and it's Arijit, I believe. If I've got that wrong, Arijit, please tell me um, how to say it, and I will do you another shout-out. I apologize. My eyes are terrible, and my notes, for some reason, are very, very small. We've also got, and this, I I swear that this name used to be something else, and they've changed it, and I think they've changed it because they want to hear me say this on the podcast. So, are you ready? Thank you also to our latest IWGP tier member, Dr. Pepper Official Licensed Penis Smashing Machine. Um, that put that on a t-shirt oh my god yes the new stardom cast slogan there you go Um, but yes thank you to everyone that offers any support whatsoever over on Patreon Um, just to Oh real, no! After real, real you. Quick, buddy. No, I'm sorry. Jeff Clancy. Actually, I went to Ring of Honor uh, dojo training with. So, uh, thanks for supporting the show, my friend. I hope you are doing well and your family is fantastic. So, thanks for uh, thanks for supporting. So that that's nice. You know, uh, that training was 20 years ago. We started that training, and myself and 
Jeff and Shane Hagedorn, we uh, we do keep in touch fairly well. So thanks for the support, Jeff. Appreciate it. And uh, I hope you're still doing your 2,000 squats a day, my friend. <laughs> Hello, Jeff, if you are listening, um, whose email starts with Taproot. And I'm hoping that is some manner of reference to the band Taproot, who, honestly, I haven't listened to since about 2004 or 2005. So uh, hopefully, I think it's them anyway. I've said that now. Um, But yes, so excellent email as well. Um, Just with you mentioning Io Shirai and Mayu Iwatani, I've actually just watched um, the first match from that trilogy for the new Stardom book. A little bit of an update on that. I am 36 matches down out of 50. Um, So I'm hopefully shooting for an April 2024 release for Chasing the Dream, which is going to be 50 of the greatest start of matches. Um, the cutoff, the self-imposed cutoff, was the end of 2022, um, which of course meant that uh, I then struggled to fit in the uh, the, st- the Queen's Quest versus Oeditai Cage match, uh, Saika Matani and Hazuki, um, and also um, Suzu Suzuki and Micah from the Five Star Grand Prix final, so I've snuck them into an honourable mentions category, so uh, I still get to talk about them, so hopefully that will uh, that will be dropping around April time, around the uh, All-Star Grand Queendom show that's what I'm sort of, sort of looking at the moment, I'm at the moment just talking about this, I'm currently uh, just watching the Thunder Rock versus uh, BYO match there, Yoko Bito and Kari Hojo which of course is historically significant for being when EO turned on Mayu and formed Queen's Quest, which is nice and uh, and relevant um, but on that card from the 11th of November um, and thank you to our Discord by the way for instantly sorting me out with a link to that match when I couldn't find it honestly you guys are at times scarily quick with these links um but also on that show is uh, jk green versus thunder rock which is the semi-main event of that show it's nine minutes long and it is absolute carnage it's a really really good match like just really underrated understated and obviously because it's the match that immediately precedes this historically significant show um people don't often talk about it but if you've got time if you can um, I can highly recommend um, J.K. Green, which is Momo Watanabe and Jungle Kiona, um, versus Thunder Rock um, in the semi-main of the 2016 Goddess of Stardom final um, from Shinkiba First Ring. Which, I swear, every time I see a show from Shinkiba First Ring, it seems to get smaller. Like, there's one moment where Io throws Yoko Bito to the outside. And it looks for a moment like she's going to do the suicide dive. And there's just nowhere near enough room. There is just enough room between the ring apron and where people are sitting for Yoko Bito to stand. So I was like, they can't possibly be doing this. They can't possibly. And thank God common sense prevails. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's one of those venues that I always enjoy watching wrestling in. There's that KBS Hall. But it's one of those venues where I just think, Jesus Christ, that is a very small venue. Um. Anyway. Enough talking, enough nonsense. Let's kick into some news. It's been a heavy week in terms of announcements for Stardom. And perhaps the biggest one is that the full card for Stardom Dream Queendom 2023 has 
been announced the 29th of December sumo hall um, and we have the full card which I'll read through for you now um, we have got Hina and Lady C versus Yuna Mizumori and Saki versus Tekla and Mei Sakurai versus Amisori and Saki Kashima the return of Saki Kashima who I believe returns to in-ring action on the 23rd of December, so good news on the stardom front there. Um, and we've got another six woman tag then. We've got Azumi, Yu, and the Naitaka Hashi versus Meisela, Suri, and Mina Shirakawa. We've then got Mayu Iwatani's return match, which is a huge plus for stardom. She's going to be in an eight woman tag, um, which is Stars versus Awaratai, Mayu, Hanan, Hazuki, and Sayaida versus Starlight Kid, Rina, Fukik, and Death and Ruaka. It's a multi-woman tag, so you know who's going to be getting the pinfall there. <laughs> We've then got four title matches at the top of the card. The New Japan Strong Women's Championship will be on the line. Julia defending against Megan Bain. Uh, we've also got the Goddess of Stardom Tag Team Championships. They will be on the line with the champions Aphrodite, Utami Hayashita, and Sai Kamatani taking on the Awedatai XL team of Momo Watanabe and Natsuka Tora. Our semi-main is the Wonder of Stardom Championship match, the rematch, of course, from that 30-minute time limit draw at Gold Rush. Uh, Mirai, the champion, defending against Theoriano. And then in your main event for the vacant World of Stardom Championship, we have got Suzu Suzuki versus Micah. We are guaranteed a first-time World of Stardom champion. Um, a good card, a solid card, Matt. Um, uh, when you are comparing it to other Dream Queendoms, how do you think it stacks up? I think it stacks up pretty well. It stacks up pretty well because basically you have three undercard matches and then four championship matches, which I'm assuming will go back to back to back to back. And it looks like I'm assuming the rest of the roster that's not on this show is going to be on a pre-show rumble. Or that's what I'm hoping, at least. The reason why I say that is you only have seven matches on the main card. And I think it's going to give those four championship matches time to tell their story. So you'll have a really good solid undercard. Obviously, we have the return of Double Saki. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Saki from Colors. That'll be a, a fun little uh, women's four-way. I think that six-person tag match with Azumi and 7-Up versus Shiri, Mina, and uh, Maysera is going to be absolutely bonkers. Because we all know, obviously, Azumi and Maysera have really good chemistry. Shiri and Azumi have very, very underrated chemistry to the point where I don't think it's talked about enough. And Mina Shirakawa, you know, is going to throw down with both you and uh, not you. Well, I don't mean you, Rob Goodwin. <laughs> I mean, not unless, not unless you want to, but with you and Ananai Takahashi. But I think the whole purpose of this card is to give those four title matches time to tell their story. Like, I don't want to see an 11, 12-minute tag title match. Let them go 15, 16, 17, 18 minutes. We saw Megan Bade and Julia go 15 minutes to a 15-minute time limit. Obviously, if it's for the uh, strong championship as a 60-minute time limit, it's not going to go that long, but you're going to get probably 14, 15, 16 minutes for them to tell their story. I don't think Mariah and Sayoriano is going to go to the 30-minute time limit. I think the, uh, you know, the kind of one negative thing that most people had to say about that match is uh you know maybe went a little bit too long it didn't need the 30 minute time limit i figured this is what they were going to do it's an instant classic we're going to run it back if you shave off five or six minutes you still have a 24 25 26 minute match that's going to be absolute bonkers and it's going to be great and then that main event 
I mean, boy, howdy. I don't. Well, great thing about the main, I kind of have an idea where those three title matches are going to go. Obviously, this is in our review of the show. But the Wonder, the Strong, and the Tag Title, the Goddess, I have an idea who's going to win. I have no idea who's going to win this main event. And, and I hope they keep it that way. It really looked like it was going to be Suzu. Like, that's because, pardon me, that's kind of where they want to go for the beginning of 2024 is they want to strap the rocket to Suzu. And I completely understand but then you have that Cork and Hall show where it's just like Micah was just got like Micah was always great, but now she has the crowd behind her in a way that nobody else in stardom does. So it's like, do you go with the hot hand now? You go to Micah or do you go to Suzu? To me, Rob, it's heads you wins, tails you wins. As long as the match is good and whoever the champion is is carrying that belt and is able to draw and have great matches, which I don't see why either of those wrestlers can't. Um, I think it's a win-win situation, but I'm really excited for the card. How it stacks up against other the other two Dream Queendoms, I think just as well, except for the main event. And and this is and I'll get to this no disrespect to Suzu and Micah. But you look at you go to the first Dream Queendom back in 2021, where you have Utami, who's in this miss year plus reign, legendary run with that belt, and you have Sherry, who's coming off a phenomenal year. Great job with the SWA championship, had one of the best, if not the best five-star Grand Prix run of all time. And you literally have that story to tell where it's the rematch from the highest rated women's match per the Wrestling Observer of all time. So you have all that going into it and then it delivered. And then you go, you fast forward to last year, the main event of 2022, uh, Dream Queendom, where you have Sherry, literally a year champion, in my opinion, the second greatest run with the World of Stardom Championship, going up against Julia, who's somebody they wanted to crown a year prior but it's wind up turning into almost like a blessing in disguise because now we get a year plus long run of Julia chasing the championship. And you have that great story with Julia losing her first two matches in the five-star Grand Prix. And then she rebounds to win almost every match wins the five-star Grand Prix. And then it's her and Sherry and an absolute banger of a match. So Suzu and Micah have a lot to live up to when it comes to the main event of this show, because they're not proven constant main eventers like Sherry, like Utami, like Julia, you know, and those obviously Sherry's the, you know, she had the main event, the first two. So can they pull it off? Rob, I think they will. I think they know the situation that they're in. And I think when they're going to hit it absolutely out of the park. And I'm so excited to see it and cannot wait to uh, come back on this show um, the week after and talk about it with your partner. Yeah. I'm, I must admit this, this match Suzu Suzuki versus Micah. If you'd have told me, let's say June, that that was going to be the main event of Dream Queendom, I'd have said it's going to be a fantastic match. Obviously, look who's in the ring, but I wouldn't necessarily have thought it's it's main event of Sumo Hall worthy. And then you look at the work that these two have done, the storyline that they've managed to weave between each other, and also what it has pushed Micah to be. Micah is escalating to a yet unseen level for her um she really does feel like a main event and i think stardom have got a real problem um and what i mean by that is i truly do believe that they want suzu suzuki to walk out of sumo hall as champion that's that's my personal opinion but micah is getting such an incredible reaction and is pushing so hard that it has now become incredibly difficult to just arbitrarily put the belt on Suzu Suzuki because Micah deserves it, as does Suzu. As does Suzu, she won the five-star Grand Prix. 
but it's far less cut and dry. And I completely agree with you, Matt, in what you said about how, you know, I've got no idea who wins it. I've got no idea because in this press conference where they announced this, obviously there was your typical brawl, Suzu Suzuki and Micah. <laughs> um, Paul Rossi Ogawa got decapitated by his shoe. And uh, I don't know if you saw the heels that Micah was rocking, but good God, they were like swords. Um, so thankfully, Rossi Ogawa has survived. Um, he didn't heed Tony Storm and watch for the shoe. Um, Rossi Vice. Rossi Vice, Absolutely. Um, oh, I forgot to do the Rossi Vice. I need to see if he was matching the Rebel. I don't think he was. <laughs> um, but Micah just looked like a million dollars. And speaking of money, did you see her doing the Rainmaker pose? Yeah, absolutely. She's she's cashing in. <laughs> um, so I I'm honestly very very excited about this main event. You know. Match level wise, we know it's going to be fantastic. We've seen what they can do um, in the five star final. There's a lot more heat now behind the feud with Micah sort of saying that it's Suzu Suzuki's fault that she's missed out on this push. She's getting really, really organic face reactions and really good reactions from crowds. We saw that phenomenal reaction she got at Corrigan Hall not too long ago. Pardon me, but it's going to be very, very interesting whichever way start and pivot i would love to see the belt on micah just because i think she thoroughly thoroughly deserves it and also i think it would be quite interesting to have the third consecutive dream queendom with a member of donna del mondo holding the red belt aloft um but yes all in all, I think it's a very, very solid card. Mariah versus Sioriano, I thought that was a really, really good match from Gold Rush. If they can replicate that, sort of condense it into a 22-23 minute um, match, we've got a banger on our hands. Um, you know, Momo Watanabe and Natsukatora Tora especially has had a far, far more con- um, consistent year this year. Momo Watanabe is finally recapturing some of that form we knew she had, so that's going to be really good. Julia and Megan Bain, had a fantastic singles match on one of the Road 2 shows that everyone was really eager to see again. Now we're getting it. My one sort of complaint, and this sort of ties into something that me and you were talking about yesterday. Um, obviously, we were talking about the stardom schedule and how we've got, you know, we had two pay-per-views in a week, um, I think back in July, um, and how this was obviously going to be the cause of quite a few injuries in stardom and has led to basically the roster being spread as thin as humanly possible. Um, obviously, we still have venues booked from that point, so we now have three pay-per-views, potentially, because stardom run uh, Sumo Hall on the 29th of December. They then run the Yokohama Budokan, for New Year's Stars 2024 on the 3rd of January, and then run the Tokyo Dome City Hall on January 4th. That's three pay-per-views in the space of seven days. Now, you know, as a consumer, I'm not complaining. It means we get three high-caliber shows. And I can see, obviously, um, your response to that, Matt, was, yeah, of course, it's, you know, it's Wrestle Kingdom week. Think of the tourism and the fans that are going to be there because of Wrestle Kingdom. And if you look at the um, the other shows that are going on, Noah have got a big show on the second. Um, All Japan run their um, shows on in Corican Hall on the first and the second. You've got TJPW running their big Corican show on January 4th as well. 
So there is going to be a lot of people around. So I can see why they've done it. The one thing that I can see, however, is during the press conference, we seem to be building towards Starlight and Mayu Itani for the IWGP Women's Championship. At least that's where I thought we were going anyway, um, which presumably they are having to hold back on so that they have got matches set up for the next two pay-per-views. And what I was going to ask was, Matt, because we've got no high-speed tile defense either, and it looked, I don't know if it if it's if it's set in stone, but it looked like we were going to get Maysayra versus Hannon. Um, if you put Mayu versus Starlight Kid for the IWGP Women's Championship on this card, and you put Hannon versus Maysayra on this card, you have got an all-time stardom card. And my question to you is, does this card suffer because of the January 3rd and 4th shows? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but at the same time, you if you want to, this isn't going to be All-Star Grand Queendom. We're literally from match one on the main show until the main event, you have like a four start with the exception of the tag title match, which uh, whatever. <laughs> um, you literally have, yeah, you literally have a four star to five star match on every single uh, every single match. Now they can't spread themselves; they can't load up. I'm mean, again, this card to me is loaded. I know there were some people complaining on Twitter, like, "Oh, how come Mayu and Hazuki they're kind of in throwaway matches?" I'll get to that in a second. At least what I think that they should do or what they might do. Again, you have a really good solid undercard with those four championship matches, literally back to back to back to back. They're all going to be at least four and a quarter stars, in my opinion. I don't see any reason why any, these those four matches aren't going to be really high-rated matches when we when we get to uh, rating the show. At the same time, you have a potentially, now from what, I, from what I was told, it's not 100% set in stone, but more than likely, the show on the third and the fourth are going to be on pay-per-view, which, okay, and I understand that if they're going to be running the same price, you're looking at about $100 for all three shows. I have no problem with that because as you are and I am, we're lucky we are off We're off work. The fact that we don't have to wait, you know, two, three, four, five days for these shows to be up on Stardom World, we can watch them live, which is like double Christmas for me. This is great. You're telling me on my Christmas break, I get Dream Queendom, Wrestle Kingdom, and then two more Stardom pay-per-views that are going to be great. I'm sold. Am I going to get my $100 worth from these three pay-per-views? Absolutely. I highly doubt that either three of these shows are going to, you know, not be anything other than excellent because you look at the Dream Kingdom card, it's loaded. You know they're going to load that show on the third and that show on the fourth. They're really wanting they're gonna to want to show show up all on uh, New Japan. Really are. But basically saying, hey, you don't have either of these New Japan uh, New Japan uh championship matches on your Tokyo Dome card, no problem. We're gonna blow it out of the water. So to answer your question, yeah, if this if they didn't have those shows on the third or the fourth. Would there be a IWGP and a high-speed championship match? More than likely. Uh, more than likely, you can do Mayu versus Starlight Kid, which I think they're going to do. And you could do Maysara versus Azumi if you want to, or Hanan, or really anybody, because the, the roster's that loaded. But, Rob, I'm going to throw something out at you, my friend. Okay. And here is my idea. Now, a lot of people are saying this eight-person tag with Mayu's return. And I think Mayu probably could have came back any other time. It was just it was just her finger. She was probably cleared, but it makes this match more important that it's Mayu's return. And kudos to Stardom if that's what they were doing. Let's just hold it off, and we'll make this match even bigger, Mayu's return. You have Mayu, Saida, Hanan, and Hazuki versus Starlight Kid, Rina, Ruaka, and um, uh, Fukin Death. So you have that match, and everybody thinks, well, this is probably the perfect time to 
have Starlight Kid really show out, and then have Starlight Kid versus Mayu on that show from 1-4, which I completely agree. However, I'm going to add to it, my friend. A lot of us are kind of complaining that there's not enough IWGP championship matches. And I agree. You can't just you, the quality. Whenever we get anything IWGP women's, the quality has been great from the tournament to the final to the Mercedes versus Kyrie match to the Mayu versus Mercedes match for the Mayu versus Tommy match, so on and so forth. The quality has been great. I think if you're going to set this match up, what you do is you have Starlight Kid just look like an absolute beast. You have her hit all of her big moves. You have her hit Mayu with something big. Uh, Hazuki with something big, Saya and Hanan. You just make Starlight Kid look like an absolute star. However, you have Hazuki get the pinfall with the Brain Buster on any other member that is not Starlight Kid in the match. You have Starlight Kid grab the microphone and we would be like, I just ran through all four of you uh, and I want a shot at that title on 1-4. And then Mayu says, okay, yeah, that's fine. However, you have Hazuki grab the microphone and say, tell you what, you want the title shot? Mayu said it's okay. You look good in this match. Mayu's the champion. You got the pinfall. I did. So I tell you what, Mayu, why don't you put on the, the, the championship belt on the line on the Yokohama Budokan on 1-3, and the winner of that takes on Starlight Kid. So now, before you even get to the main four matches of this show, we know we're getting Mayu versus Suzuki on 1-3, and the winner of that, Mayu, takes on Starlight Kid on 1-4. So now to all the people that are complaining there's not enough IWGP championship matches, you're literally getting a double dose of Mayu against Suzuki and Starlight Kid. Boom. As a Stardom fan, how are you not sold? I must admit, the idea is very, very tasty. I do like the idea. I mean, anytime you get Mayu and Hazuki in a ring, it's it's going to be fantastic. The the Hazuki fan in me doesn't want to see Hazuki eat another singles loss. Um, but it's Mayu, but it's Mayu. That's your all-time favorite wrestler. It is Mayu, and I'm, I love Mayu. Got nothing but love for Mayu, and obviously, I know that Mayu versus Starlight Kid would be a phenomenal matchup. The only change I would possibly make to that is I would have Starlight Kid get the win. And I've got a horrible feeling that's probably why Sayurida is in this match. Um, because, we, you know, we've seen Sayurida eat the pinfall in quite a lot of these undercard tags. Same with Hannon. So it wouldn't surprise me if Starlight Kid runs through. Have Mayu look incredibly strong. Obviously, that's the whole premise of this match is that it's Mayu Ibutani's return match. Um, but I would have Starlight Kid pin Sayur. And this is me as a Sayurida fan. I would, I would have Starlight Kid pin Sayur and then challenge Mayu. That's that's the only sort of that's the only difference that I would have. Um but other than that I think it's gonna be a solid card. Um hopefully as the bookings that Stardom have made sort of start to start to pass, hopefully the schedule will start to thin out. It wasn't gonna happen overnight. Obviously we knew that simply because that's not how bookings work. Um so we knew it was going to be rammed. It's going to be a fantastic week for us. Hopefully, we don't have any more injuries because finally we are getting some good news on that front. Obviously, we've got Mayu and uh, Saki Kashima who are back in the fold, which means that the only active injuries that Stardom have at the moment are Tam Natsupoi Kogama, Wakasukiyama, and Momokogo. So, uh, hopefully fingers crossed we're going to be close to um close to full strength sooner rather than later which has felt a long time coming and i must admit obviously utami and sayakamatani it wasn't 
they were the biggest misses for me. They bought a certain something to the card. And uh, seeing them back, seeing the chemistry that they've got, seeing them in undercard tags with Azumi on this run of shows that we're going to be talking about today really did highlight just how much stardom missed those two in particular. Um, Talking about uh, Tam still being on the shelf, I just want to uh, move into something of a different bit of news before we kick into uh, some other card announcements. The annual Tokyo Sports Awards are out and uh, the Women's Wrestling Grand Prize was handed indeed to Tam Nakano. Um, just in case anyone hasn't seen, the MVP was Tetsuya Naito. The best bout was Shinsuke Nakamura versus the Great Muta. Best tag team was Bishiman, Haruki Goto, and Yoshihashi. Outstanding performance was Hiromu Takahashi. Fighting spirit was Noah's Keno. Uh, technique award was All Japan's Yuma Aoyagi. Um, obviously, Women's Wrestling Grand Prix was Tam. And then the Newcomer Award went to the Saito Brothers. Um, that marks the fifth year in a row that stardom has had a West wrestler, sorry, wrestler, wrestler win this award. And uh, it's the 10th win in 12 years. So Tam actually joins Mayu, Julia, Utami and Suri, um as winners of this prize, as well as uh, Yuzuki Akawa and, uh, and Io Shirai have also won it as well. Um, but the reason I bring this up as well, obviously great for Tam, Really, really good for Tam. But she posted um, a video just after it was announced that she'd won, uh, giving a very, very emotional sort of rundown of everything that happened. Um, The fact that she is going to come back stronger because she wants to reward the fans that have been supporting her. And I think... Me. Yeah, just specifically (laughs) Matt Turner. Um, Whoever was translating it and putting the subtitles on really did miss a trick there. Um, But but something that is worth noting is if you look at her in the video, there's no strapping, there's no crutches. So fingers crossed, um, fingers crossed her return isn't too far away. I know that Rossi has put out a tweet congratulating Tam and also said that he's going to be meeting her this weekend. So maybe we'll have a little bit more information over the next couple of days. It'd be such a good boost for both Tam, who was absolutely distraught in this uh, in this video. It's actually a little bit difficult to watch. Um if we can get her, you know, on one of these shows, the Yokohama Budokan or the Tokyo um, City Hall show. I know that that is uh, it's very, very optimistic, but even so, it's uh, it's nice to see that Tam's run this year, even though obviously it's ended with her having to vacate the title. It's nice that it's been recognised, Matt. Yeah. Um, here's a question to you, sir. On these three big shows we have coming up at the end of the year, do you think she at least makes an appearance at one? Um, hmm. I don't know. Um, the reason I don't know is because she didn't make an appearance when she vacated the title, whereas Natsupoi did. Um, and I think if she was going to make an appearance, then that would have been the time to make an appearance. Obviously, you know, it depends how this meeting with Rossi goes. If it goes well, then I can... She might do some commentary. She might do um, sort of the preamble with the commentary team. Who knows? She may come out, you know, to make just do an address 
to the sumo hall crowd. Um, I just hope for for her sake um, that she is recovering well and she doesn't rush back. Um, and hopefully the timing will be right for her to come back as well. And obviously, you know, it's not just Tam, it's Wakasuki Armour as well, Natsupoi Kagama, um, and Momokogo, who I didn't realise until, uh, I think it was Velkage, mentioned it on our Discord, actually suffers with... Um, I'm just getting it up now because I can't actually remember what it was. Is it um, Graves' disease? I think it might be Graves' disease, um, which from what I've heard and the admittedly meagre research that I've done on it, um, it's quite a brutal illness, to be perfectly honest, and can be quite debilitating. So um, obviously she's been sort of wrestling against that, pun, pun not intended. And I think as well, the fact that she's been posting, she's also been posting stuff on Twitter, you know, in the from you know from inside the gym. So it'll be nice to think that her return isn't too far away as well. In answer to your question, I know I've taken a huge uh, sort of run around the houses in my answer to that. I don't think she'll be at Sumo Hall, um, but I would like to see her maybe at the Yokohama Budokan one. Um, I mean. Would she be the one to present the red belt to the new champion? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make you a bet, sir. Go on then. She's going to be at all three shows, and if I am wrong, each show I'm wrong, I owe you a beer when you come to Philly. So you have a chance of getting zero to three beers just on this. And if I get them right, no harm, no foul. You don't owe me anything. How about that? Deal? That's great, Matt. I will say, though, if we are tallying up the amount of beers that you supposedly owe me, I am going to be comatose for this entire damn week. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll have a look. You see you see the play coming. Absolutely. Um, something that I do just want to talk about, and this was brilliant, um, as I smack my microphone with my thumb. Um, Unagi Sayaka was nominated for the Women's Pro Wrestling Award. Um, and she was nominated by Kenta Kabashi, which is quite the advocate for you. Um, and she she was selected to be on his Fortune Dream 8 show, which was back in June, I think, at Corican Hall. Um, and this is what he had to say about Unagi. Um, I nominated Unagi because she stood out among the female pro wrestlers and created a buzz by taking action on her own. We were together in the United States and she was popular there too. I think she should also be praised for standing alone against a big promotion, stardom. She didn't win it this time, but I hope, I hope sorry, she spreads her wings even further next year. And that is courtesy of HD Subs on Twitter. Um, and actually, the more we think about it, Unagi's done incredibly well, considering when she left stardom, it was very much a case of, oh, okay, well, what, what's she going to do now? And actually, she's not only on every possible show she can be, going on every single Japanese promotion she can be, going over to America and killing it over there in places like GCW. Um, and now she's got her own produce show, which is going to be at Corrigan Hall on January the 7th, where <laughs> she's on three of the matches on this card already. So we have um, Takumi Aroha, versus Unagi Saka. We yes. have um Suama, Mayukihi and Mayumi Ozaki taking on Dark Tiger, Dark X and Dark Unagi. 
Um, we we have Saki, Yuko Sakurai, and X, which I bet everything I own that that is Unagi Zayaka versus Risa Zero, Maki Natsumi, and Akane Fujita. And then at the moment, schedule for the main event is I love it. Unagi Sayaka and Konami taking on Masato Tanaka and Minoru Suzuki. Hell now, yeah. Now, ECW heavyweight champion, Masato Tanaka. Absolutely. And, and Minoru Suzuki. So <laughs> I'll be honest, that match alone has me sold. Um, but yeah, I know we don't talk much about Unagi now because of obviously she she's not a part of the stardom roster. But I think it does need to be noted just how well she's done and just how just how well she's done sort of getting her own name out there and promoting herself since she left stardom, Matt. Yeah, she went, I think we talked about this a couple months ago that she's going betting it on herself. Mm. We figured kind of just the way that she left stardom. It was, I think me and you were texting each other the morning of when they announced the uh, tag league brackets for Goddess of Stardom tag league back in 2022. I'm like, there's no pink kabuki. Me and you had, I think the, our pre-prediction was they were going to win the tour and make the finals. I'm like, Unagi's not even on here. And then we found out a week or two later that uh, she was leaving Stardom to kind of do her own thing. Like, oh, I wonder, did she, did she have enough cachet to do that? Was she, she, you know, she never won the white belt. She never, I don't think, even challenged for the red belt. Like, is she, I wonder how she's going to do. Like, ah, we'll keep our eye on it. And she's done nothing but absolutely hit it out of the park multiple times. And I love seeing people going, especially in the pro wrestling world, betting on themselves, doing what they need to do in this way. And she can work everywhere. And then she has. You know, what she's done over here in America with GCW, and uh, I believe she's worked for uh, the uh, consuming uh, promotion as well. I think she's the champion there. And then, yeah, doing so many big shows for pretty much every Japanese promotion that she can, and she's getting her name value out there, and is doing great for herself. And now she decides to put on a show, not only put on a show, uh, basically kind of like her own Unagi promotion, but she's going to be several matches um, on that show, and then she's going to be an attack match. <laughs> against Minoru Suzuki and Masato Tanaka. That is going to be awesome to watch. But uh, good on Unagi, my friend. I tell you what, we might have to, uh, she keeps doing what she's doing, we might have to extend the show to Unagi, Unagi Watch as well. At this rate, it's going to be Io Kairi and Unagi Watch, isn't it? <laughs> um, moving on then, obviously we had the announcement of the Dream Queendom card. We also had the announcement of two other cards coming at the end of December. Christmas Eve, we'll see Sardom run its traditional year-end climax show inside Corrigan Hall. Um, the full card is as follows. Meisera versus Yuzuki, Hanan versus Hanako, Mina Shirakawa versus Saki Kashima versus Yuna Mizumori, um, Mai Sakurai and Tekla versus Suzuki and Saida, Siori and Amisori versus Nanai Takahashi and you. Uh, we've also got a 10 woman elimination tag, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Utami Hayashishita, Saikamitani, Azumi Hina, and Miyu Masaki and Lady C. It's 12 women. I said 10 last time, and it's 12. Um, versus the Uedasai team of Natsukatora, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Ruaka, Rina, and Fukikin Death. And then what looks to be your main event is a Dream Queendom prelude match. Julia, Micah, and Mirai versus Suzu Suzuki, Megan Bain, and Sayori Ano, which I'm... That main event looks really really good Matt. 
Yeah, between the main event, the uh, Queen's Quest versus a Wedotai elimination match, which I never get sick of. It seems like we always have those at least once every uh, 14 to 16 months in Cork and Hall, but I got no problem with it. That's going to be great. And uh, Seven Up versus Sherry and Ami, sorry. And the undercard looks really good, too. So, yeah, there is a lot of awesome stardom stuff that we are going to be watching. Uh, I mean, geez, we watched four great shows this past week, but some really stacked stuff uh, moving forward and going into 2024. And I really predict they're going to have a fantastic year. So, yeah, super excited for uh, for those cards as well, my friend. Yeah, I think my my one sort of bugbear with this card, um, and, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it. So we're getting that fantastic uh, Queendom prelude with Julian, Micah, and Mirai taking on Susie, Megan Bain, and Sioriano. My, I'd love to have seen the Barry Barry Bombers defender artist of stardom championships that's my one thing because it does feel like those belts aren't as aren't defended as much at the moment because of julia's commitments as the new japan strong women's champion um i would have liked to have seen them defend them here um but you know like i said we're getting this great match instead and hopefully it does the numbers that it deserves because it is a very, very good card. Um, we also had, on Christmas Day, the New Blood 12 show, which is going to be in um, Shinagawa Intercity Hall in Tokyo, which is going to see the debut of two more stardom rookies um, joining Yuzuki. Um, the first is Sayaka Kurara, who is going to be taking on Sayaka Matani, in singles action we've also got rana yagami taking on suri and i must admit when i saw the graphic for this pop up on the at we are stardom twitter page i was convinced it was uh it was Aoi. it it looked the spitting image of it it's not um but i'm looking forward to that rana yagami has actually come out and said that um suri was a huge inspiration on her um, and she's looking forward to wrestling her, knowing that she has no chance of winning. Um, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but that was pretty much what was uh, what was given. Um, we then have a tag match, Huruka Umasaki and Miyu Amasaki taking on Yuzuki and Hanako. <clears throat> we also have another tag match, which sees Meiseira and Hina taking on Rina and Ruaka. Um, and then we have in your what is presumably going to be your main event. The New Blood tag team titles are on the line. Wing Gori, Sairida and Hannon taking on the Tokyo Twin Towers or the Raiwa Tokyo Towers in Amisori and Lady C. Um, another solid New Blood card, Matt. Um, I'm interested to see these two rookies. Yeah, uh, geez, you're really putting them right into the fire. We thought Yuzuki was bad with Momo Watanabe. Now you have these two ladies going up against one of the greatest uh, world of stardom champions of all time, and in my opinion, the greatest wonder of stardom champion of all time. But I guess iron sharpens iron. You know, you're only going to get better by working uh, the best, and they're literally working two of the best, not just women's wrestlers of the world, two of the best wrestlers, period, in the world, and Sayakamatani and Shiri. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting. We, we have, you know, obviously we have this crazy loaded roster in stardom, and now you're you're putting two more rookies in there. I mean, that's what, hey, you graduate stardom dojo, this is your reward. So, and I know stardom does not train those ladies lightly. I mean, we've seen really great prospects come out of there over the past few years, you know, with Tanako, uh, Aya Sakura, obviously, is still injured, but I was always a huge fan of hers. 
Uh, Yuzuki is just, it's just amazing. And obviously we'll talk about more of her on these four shows, but she's fantastic how well she's doing. And now we're going to have two new rookies. So it's going to be interesting. And again, where, what are they going to look like in a year from now? If they're, you know, they're going to be on all these stardom shows, wrestling, you know, the Sherry's, the Saya's, the Hana's, the Mayu's, the Hazuki's, you know, the Utami's, the Zumi's, so on and so forth. So it's just going to improve this roster more and more. But I do have to say, I know there is, there is people that, um, Work for a time that listen to this podcast. This show is on Christmas Day. Correct me if I'm wrong, Rob. The new Blood Show. Yes. Now, I've been, regardless of what Rob will tell you, I've been a very good boy this year. <laughs> I've been a very good boy this year. With the, uh, with the Tokyo Towers in presumably the main event, what is the chances for Christmas, for my Christmas gift from stardom, that we get the Doctor of Style Slick, who was the manager of the Twin Towers <laughs> back in the 80s and 90s. Can we get Slick to manage Ami Sori and Lady C Stardom? You think we could, we could pull those strings? Uh, the only thing I want in addition to that is for Lady C to start doing the Akeem dance. Um, <laughs> the that... so, to, I, come out to Jive So, bro. <laughs> Honestly, Stardom, again, we're printing <laughs> you money here. Um, I, I can't understand any sort of anything bad coming from that whatsoever <laughs> <laughs> um final way news then and then we'll kick in to some of these show reviews um the Ryogoku Koku Kikan um show which i think it's worth noting that i'm really glad mayu's back simply because it means she's got to promote this show and has to try saying <laughs> this um which is always really funny um it was my feud of the year last year was mayu versus saying ria goku um but the tickets are selling out so currently um the thirty thousand and fifteen thousand yen tickets are all sold out arena s and arena a uh, the front row of squared seats is out as well those are the twenty thousand yen seats the standard front row seats are also sold out they were ten thousand yen um both sets of women's only seats um arena a and stand a um are sold out as are the under 25 seats as well the family seats are sold out as well so uh, lots of different areas are sold out we have got one two three four we've got four sections that are still to be sold out and of course there will be walk-ups on the day as well so it's worth i'm i'm interested to see where we go with this now what i'd like to know matt i would like to know so i'm just going to get the attendances for the last two dream queendoms up now ordinarily i would have these on my notes and i'd be a good little researcher but i haven't so i'm now typing them up so uh, i believe dream queendom 2022 drew about 2000 no, I'm talking nonsense. Um, so Dream Queendom 2022, which of course was Julia and Suri, drew 3,869 people. Okay, so just under 4,000 people. Um, Dream Queendom 2021 drew 3,039. Um, now, if you were a betting man, where do you think Dream Queendom 2023 sits in relation to those two cards? Now, Rob, while you're doing your research, what is Sumo Hall sellout? Is it like 5,500? Give or take? Let me have a look. I, I'm sure I've seen cards where it's been 
12,000. But wow. I might be talking nonsense. So don't don't quote me on that. I'm the not... reason why the reason why is because we have and again I don't know the, the there could be a section that's 100 people, there could be a section that's 700 people. We just know that like eight of the 12 sections are sold out and we're still 3 weeks away. Also, too, it could be, you know, your Christmas present that, hey, you know, by the way, this is your Christmas present or, again, the walk-up business as well. They're going to do a couple hundred in just that alone. But the reason why I'm asking, I thought it was like 5,500. So I'm looking at, we're looking at where the tickets are sold. They're probably close to 3,000. I could be wrong. And if anybody has better numbers, please let us know. Uh, You know, wrestling is subjective, but we love, the numbers don't lie. We love seeing the numbers, especially when they're doing this well. I'm going to say this is going to be well over 3,000. I mean, if you're talking that looks like 70% of the building is sold out already, depending on what it sits at again, for some reason, I thought it was 5,500. I thought I watched the G1 final and Kevin Kelly, hi, Kevin, friend of the show, said that uh, they were sold out at 55 or 5,600. And again, I could be wrong. I'm wrong all the time. Part of my charm, Uh, part Mm -hmm. of my gimmick, brother. But uh, I mean, you're looking at 33, 3,400. I mean, I I think anything over 3,100, for the show has to be considered a success, especially with all the speed bumps that stardom have hit. So that's my guess. I think they're going to do around, uh, again, I thought it'd be 3,100, but when, uh, when we're talking about the numbers that are already sold, you're probably at maybe 34, 3,500. Yeah. Ria There's been quite a couple of, uh, different shows like new Japan tend to routinely get around nine and a half thousand people in there. Um, Ooh. And I believe I was way off. Yeah. (laughs) For all you you dumb and dumber fans, Samsonite, I was way off. (laughs) And I think there was a show I've just had it up and now I can't actually remember which show it was, but I'm I'm convinced there are some shows that all Japan ran back in the day that were eleven and a half. Um Wow. So um, let me just have a look. Yeah, um, New Japan's G1 Climax 1993, um, looking at night seven, um, which was not the final, um, but that drew around a reported 11,500. So I think, and again, I could be wrong. I apologize if I am, um, but I believe it's around 11,500, 12,000. Yeah, I'm excited. So what do you think? Again, I'm going to say this is going to be the... I mean, wait, giving, giving those numbers and giving that, again, it looks like 65, 70% of the show sold out. I'm going to up it. I'm going to say around 37, 3,800. I think it's going to be right around what they did last year. Again, with all the big shows in that area that week, maybe it hits the 4,000. I mean, what are you thinking, brother? So I'm just looking at the card for 2021 we had a future stardom artist of stardom high speed title wonder of stardom and then obviously the double tile match at the top of the card that was a stacked stacked card and it was pretty much your biggest show of the year um at least in my opinion it was billed that way even though they'd ran budokan earlier that year um the one from last year, World Wonder Goddess Artist, number one contendership, high speed title as well. I think, I think if it gets below two thousand seven hundred and fifty, Stardom will be incredibly disappointed. 
incredibly disappointed. Now, obviously, I've read out those bits that are sold out, and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sections that are sold out. They may be the smallest sections. I don't know. I don't know the layout of Sumo Hall. Um, obviously, we've seen a slight slip in stardom um, attendances. I think the Dream Queendom card is a solid card and one that I think is going to surprise a lot of people. I don't think it touches last year's attendance. I would be I would be very, very... Obviously, never say never. It's pro wrestling, but I would be very surprised if they get 3,800 people inside Sumo Hall with this card. I Ideally, if they can get 3,000 there or thereabouts... I think they'll consider that a win, personally. But I might just be being negative. I don't know. What do you guys think? Um, let us know in the comments and on social media. Or if you're listening to this on Stardomcast Extra, let us know in the comments. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if they're touching 4,000. Um, pleasantly surprised, don't get me wrong. Um, right, Matt, shall we start talking about some of these shows that Stardom seem to put on in a huge glut um, around the end of last week, which is good. Um, we had four shows put up in uh, literally no time at all. We had shows from the 3rd, the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th of December as Stardom goes on its year-end tour. Um, so we'll start with the show from the 3rd, which was from Wacky Armour, the Norwich Arena in Wacky Armour, in front of 200 and two people. The card is as follows. It's worth noting that on our YouTube channel, uh, which you can find, the Stardom cast, um, someone did note that uh, we've been saying May Sakurai's name wrong the entire time. Um, it's actually my, apparently. Um, now, I will endeavour to say it properly, but I know for a fact that I've already called him May Sakurai at least twice on this podcast. So uh, according to the way that Japanese vowels are pronounced, um, the A is R and the I is E sound. So it should be my, I believe. Okay, now feel free to uh, to correct me in the comments or direct all all negative feedback to at Matt Turner. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, if, the card. <laughs> if, you're, if you're going to do an announciation, guys, uh, just do, do us a favor. And first of all, thank you. That's awesome. You know, we're we're all here to get better. Yeah, yeah we are here to get better. And thank you so much for that. Um, if you can do an audio clip, that would be great. That would be great. <laughs> this was on YouTube, so mm. I understand that it is a bit more difficult, but thank you. Um, and I forgot to note your name down, but thank you right. so much if you're listening. So uh, singles match, Mai Sakurai defeated Yuzuki in eight minutes and nine seconds with her shining buster. Um, singles match, so Mina Shirakawa defeat Hanako with the implant DDT in 8 minutes and 44 seconds. Uh, Momo Watanabe defeated a very, very spirited Yuna Mizumori in 8 minutes and 10 seconds with the B-Driver. Uh, Six-woman tag team action followed. Then Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah, and Tekla defeated the Oedetai team of Natsukatora, Ruaka, and Starlight Kid. Micah 
pinning Ruaka with the Mishinoku driver, two and eight minutes and 13 seconds. Um, we then had Crazy Star, Meisei and Suzuki and Megan Bain defeating the Stars team of Hanan, Hazuki and Saya Ida, with, of course, Saya Ida eating the pinfall, Megan Bain winning with the F5 in 10 minutes and 47 seconds. And then an eight-woman tag match main evented with the God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai and Suri teaming with the Scandinavian Hurricane Alice Inc., to defeat the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Miwa Masaki, Saya Kamatani, and Utami Hayashista in 13 minutes and 37 seconds, with the Scandinavian Hurricane officially becoming a member of God's Eye in the process, before subsequently, I believe, eating three consecutive pinfalls. <laughs> welcome to so, the... Welcome you know. to the... That's a good recruit, Gav. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the team. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. But in all seriousness, um, all four of these cards are really good. And I know that we are going to get to that Osaka one um, with the attendance being the lowest recorded attendance in stardom history. We are going to talk about that. But it is worth saying that the in-ring action, which for me has never been an issue for stardom, the in-ring action for all of these cards was really, really good. And there's some surprising... MVPs. I mean, for me, one of the big MVPs over this run of shows was Yuna Mizumori, who every single time I see her seems to improve, seems to garner even more support, and just seems to seems to be an incredibly fiery babyface, really leaning into that sort of fighting spirit, which I absolutely love. Obviously, she's holding down Cosmic Angels um, in the absence of everybody else, but she's doing a fantastic job of it. I also think that Megan Bain has been getting steadily better throughout all of these shows. And I know it's going to be a completely different kettle of fish when she battles Julia, but she looks imperious at the moment, even though it was her eating the pinfall for the Goddess of Stardom tag titles at Nagoya Big Winter. I think she's looking really, really, really good. But Matt, what matches do people need to seek out on this card? I just want to mention Mina Shirakawa on all these shows, just in general. Uh, we talk all the time, like, Hazuki does not take a day off. Like, you're always going to get 110% of Hazuki on every show. doesn't matter if it's a singles match. doesn't matter if it's in front of 300 people or 3,000 people, a uh, six-person tag. You're going to get that from Hazuki. Mina Shirakawa is in... No, I'm not saying that the rest of the roster doesn't work hard. Every single wrestler really, really does. It just always seems like Hazuki's kind of always somewhat of the standout. Mina Shirakawa's in that same vein. Uh, we've seen it in this match with Hanako. We've seen it in the match. We'll talk about it in a little bit with Yuna Mizumori. And we talked about it on the uh, worst item show of the year, that Halloween show, where she really did everything in her power to work hard and try to get, try to make something of that match uh, against uh, against Z uh, Zap and Dub Mask Moto. And I'm not I'm, I'm not making that a negative. I'm just saying that she goes out of her way to make sure people get their entertainment and their dollars worth from curtain to curtain. You know, she has that amazing uh, presence and the dance and the music and everything. And she gets in the ring and she's just fantastic. And she always makes sure her opponent gets enough to make them look good as she's in a tag match, whether it's Waka or whoever, that their the partner gets enough in the match to look good. Like, Mina does a great job show in, show out of from curtain to curtain, making sure she gives 110%. And she did it with the match with Hanako here. I thought this is one of, if not Hanako's best singles matches uh, and I know she's a rookie, but I thought she was really, really good here. But uh, we want to talk about matches, Rob. 
Let's talk about probably my favorite match of this entire four shows, Momo Watanabe versus Yuna Mizumori. Now, it's very rare for me to give a uh, quote-unquote house show match four stars. Rob, this was four fo- solid stars for me. These two went in lariats, kicks, hard-hitting, back and forth. Uh, and the fact that they got this done just a shade over eight minutes, I thought this was fantastic. I mean, Momo's another one that is going out there and she's giving the, uh, you know, the, the low, quote-unquote lower-tier card members really something to sink their teeth into. And this was great. And if they go to run this back on any show in 2024, I'm definitely going to be sitting up a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit better and uh, turning the volume up a little more because, boy, I tell you what, those kicks, those forearms, those chops, and those lariats that they were throwing, they echoed, echoed in my house. And I absolutely loved it. I thought this was a phenomenal match, my friend. Yeah, I must admit, you know, I, I mentioned in the in the intro that Momo Watanabe, seems to be recapturing a little bit of that that hard-hitting nature, that sort of badassery that made her so damn good as the leader of Queen's Quest before she sort of lost her way. And I think at the moment, she seems to be dragging it out of other people, which is brilliant. Obviously, we saw her do it on the New Blood show with Yuzuki, and here you see it with Yuna Mizumori, who, again, seems to be the living embodiment of fighting spirit at the moment. For me is probably, it's 1A and 1B between her and Mai Sakurai, who is the most improved wrestler on the entirety of the stardom roster this year. I think Yuna Mizumori's transformation and the way she's wrestling, the way she's gone from, you know, comedy pineapple to hard-hitting person who's able to go toe-to-toe with the likes of Momo Watanabe in a match with Megan Bain later on in this run, I think is is real, real credit to her and the work that she has put in. This is one of the best matches of this entire run. And I know that obviously Stardom runs a lot of shows. It's not easy for everyone to watch every single match on every single sort of quote-unquote house show. This is one I actively encourage you to seek out. Mina Shirakawa, it's funny you should mention Mina, Max. I was going to make a point of this later on, but since you've mentioned it, I might as well bring it out now. She won four consecutive matches on this run. Um, she beat Hanako here. She beat Tekla on um, the fifth in Hiroshima. She then beat uh, Yuna Mizumori in um, Takamatsu. And then she beat Ruaka in Osaka which rhymes, and I'm so happy about that. Um, Genius. So do not be su- <laughs> do not be surprised if they are low-key keeping Mina Shirakawa hot for one of those two pay-per-views on the third and the fourth. Do not be surprised if she is the one that comes out and challenges Mariah Sioriano after Dream Queendom. Do not be surprised, because I think that might be where they're going, and that is why they're keeping her as hot as she is, because she's another one that has fallen foul. We've talked about Yuna Mizumori holding it down for Cosmic Angels. Mina Shirakawa is literally holding it down for Club Venus. There is nobody else. There was only her and Wacker anyway, and then Wacker's obviously gone out with... Um, I bel- she was the hernia, wasn't she? The yes. stomach hernia, which sounded brutal. Um, so she's been holding it down for a long time, and I think because of that, she has sort of been lost in the shuffle because she hasn't been able to go into tag matches because she's got no one to tag with. So she's sort of been first, second match for quite an extended period now. 
And I think just racking up these victories, having low-key really good matches, you know, with the likes of Hanako, her match with Yuna Mizumori was also really, really good and worth checking out. Her match with Tekla, really, really good, worth checking out. They're just keeping her in the back of your mind. Do not be surprised if she is challenging in either Yokohama or Tokyo Dome City Hall. Am I am I out of my mind, Matt, or do you think that that's going to happen? I love. I think that I, we know we're getting an IWGP Championship match on the fourth, right? We, that was announced. I think we're even though we have two banger red belts and uh, a red belt and white belt matches on the uh, the twenty ninth. I think we're going to get a red belt and or a white belt match on the third or the fourth again because you want to draw. You know, in in the Budokan, they always want to draw at least fifteen hundred. And I know Tokyo Tokyo Dome City Hall does about 3,000. So I think that's a great, great call, my friend. I think that you see Mina Shirakawa just stay absolutely hot here. And that with uh, you know my early pick, obviously, this next week we'll be doing the our predictions for uh, the next week or the week after. Time's flying. But anyway, this is not the uh, Dream Queen uh, Pick'em show. But I like your idea. I think Mirai retains against Sayori. And since Mina did defeat Mariah in the five star, uh, in the five star Grand Prix, that uh, she comes out and challenges, and is a good, if that does happen, there's a good chance you see Mina uh, going into the beginning of the new year with the Wonder of Stardom Championship, and they can kind of reconcile that uh, that really short run, that long chase she had, but that really short run, and we see Mina on a big run with the white belt in 2024. I like that idea, my friend, and I'm going to go with it. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say that happens. I mean, arguably, as well, she never should have lost. So it would be nice to see her get that long reign um, that I think she thoroughly deserves, yep. especially as she currently sits, I believe, as the shortest running white belt champion in history. Um, you know, she has already beaten Mirai. She's on a run. Um, she can't really do anything else until Wacker returns or until she can bring someone else into Club Venus. So, you know, give her that Y belt because if anything, and Mirai's run's been really good. She's had really good matches, especially her match with Momo Watanabe and especially her 30 minute time limit draw with Sioriano. But I want to see Mina with it. And that's no disrespect to Mirai at all. I want to see Mina, to quote Cody Rhodes, finish her story. I'd love to see her go on an extended run, you know, just tear tear through, have great matches with the likes of Starlight Kid, with the likes of Momo, with the likes of, I don't know, Amisori, I think would be a great match. You know, the likes of Hannon, have a great match with Hannon. We know that it would happen. And then drop it to Hazuki. Because if I keep saying it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, Will it into guys. existence. No way. Will it into existence. We never saw a big Hazuki mina shirakawa match imagine what that match would look like after like a mina six seven eight month run and maybe with hazuki winning the uh the cinderella tournament just think how big that match in 2024 and like you know the summertime would be i'm all for it rob i am all for it. let's book stardom call up rossi vice get him a nice tie for christmas let's do it <laughs> um yeah a really really solid show um and definitely one worth checking out and especially those two matches that we've already talked about Mina and Hanako and Momo Watanabe and Yunamis and Mori everything else is solid there's nothing bad on these cards um but those two are the standout for me certainly Matt is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on to the fifth in Hiroshima no just real quick the co-main event and the semi-main event were really good uh, with the stars team of Hazuki Han and Saida versus uh, May Sarah 
Suzu and Megan Bain. Obviously, they're, they're teasing some Hanan versus May interactions in a lot of these shows. So maybe we get a high-speed championship match there. Uh, Hazuki and Suzu Suzuki, they're a day removed from their brutal, brutal pay-per-view match. And it's like, oh, yeah, we, didn't we almost just like kill each other 24 hours ago? Let's go. And literally, the bell rings. They just start throwing forms again. I'm like, yeah, sorry, you got my money. No pro- I got no problem eating steak every day. And that's what, that, that's what this is. I thought this was really good. And, of course, the main event, Rob. You have Queen's Quest in there. You know poor Miyu Amasaki's eating the fall. But I'll tell you what, Sai Utami and Azumi do a great job setting Miyu up for moves. Like, Miyu will be taking heat. And then, like, you see, like, an Aphrodite double team for, like, real quick. And then Miyu would hit, like, the, uh, the handspring elbow. And then Azumi would come in with a high head kick after Miyu's getting, getting her butt kicked. And then you see uh, Miyu coming in with the, uh, the big DDT that she does. So I thought it was really cool who Miyu is the junior of this team. But she'd be getting her butt kicked, and then you would just see, like, one of the elder people from Queen's Quest, the best working faction of all of wrestling, come in and save Miyu. Obviously, anytime you get anything with Shuri and Utami, and I'm all for Mirai and Sayaka Matani flashbacks to their phenomenal Wonder of Stardom Championship match back in 2022. Uh, ultimately, I thought it was a great job building up Alice Sink in this match, and then she joins God's Eye, which is the perfect fit for her. Obviously, she is a legit uh, shoot-style wrestler. We need to have hard hitters like Shuri, Mirai, uh, Amisori, and of course, Saki Kashima in that faction. It's the perfect fit for her. And uh, it's great that she joined God's Eye, and even better uh, for me, a fan of her work, that that means she's going to be staying in stardom for at least the next handful of months, which I'm uh, thoroughly, thoroughly excited for. I don't suppose, just speaking of Saki Kashima, I don't suppose you saw her uh, her Twitter thing. No. Um, I can't remember, can't remember if it was Twitter or uh, Instagram where um, she issued an apology because she walked past um, the brand new president of Bushy Road Fight, not knowing who he was. So she, he said hello at it. And apparently she just freaked out and was like, um, um, uh, and just ran off. And then during the press conference was like, I'm really sorry, didn't know who you were, which is just brilliant. And then she announced herself as the person who always fights fair. Just Saki <laughs> Kashima is the best. She really is. Um Something I forgot to mention, actually, I don't know if you've seen Hazuki and Maysera on Instagram. They seem to be teasing some sort of alliance. So uh, possibly Maysera to stars. Ooh, she does have the star all over her gear, so didn't... <laughs> I mean, and let's face it, there is no better good guy, apart from Mayu Iwatani, than Maysera. Like, there's no way you can turn someone like Maysera heel. So putting her in stars, I don't necessarily think would be a bad idea. Although, again, we really need to pad out Club Venus and we need to do it quickly. Um, let's move on then to the start of the year-end tour. Uh, this was night one from the Hiroshima Prefectorial Industrial Hall in Hiroshima, Japan, and the results are as follows. Uh, Starlight Kid defeated Yuzuki in 8 minutes and 21 seconds with the Black Tiger Leg Killer. Uh, Mina Shirakawa, as mentioned, defeated Tekla with the Glamorous Collection Mina in 8 minutes and 7 seconds. Um, Queen's Quest team of Miyu Amasaki and Sayakamatani defeated the team of Amisori and Hanako with Sayakamatani pinning Hanako with the Star Crusher in 8 minutes and 5 seconds. Megan Bain defeated Yuna Mizumori in 6 minutes and 10 seconds with the F5. In six-woman tag action, the Uedatai team of Mobile Watanabe, Natsukatora, and Ruwaka defeated the Stars team of Hanan, Hazuki, and Sayida with Hanan 
eating the pinfall. Momo hitting the Hidden Atoshi driver in 7 minutes and 41 seconds. In another really, really good match, which you absolutely should check out, was the semi-main tag team match, best match of the card. Crazy Star, Meisei and Suzu Suzuki. And Queen's Quest, Azumi and Utami Hayashishita went to a 15-minute time limit draw. And then in your six-woman tag main event, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia Micah and Mai Sakurai defeated the God's Eye team of Mirai, Scandinavian Hurricane Ali Singh and Suri with Ali Singh eating the pinfall, uh, eating the Michinoku Driver 2 from Micah in 11 minutes and 31 seconds. Uh, Matt, obviously that semi-main, fantastic, fantastic match. Um, but what else was worth checking out on this card? Rob, real quick, what was the house numbers on this? I might have missed that. 236. I just like to note it. I like to note it. Um, I'm not going to go through every one, but just it was nice to see Starlight Kid get a win. And Yuzuki's so good. Literally, I was watching this match, and I'm literally sitting in my living room watching on my iPad, and my wife's in the kitchen cooking, and I go, oh, my God, she's so good. She's like, what are you watching? And I was like, what do you think? She's like, oh, it's stardom. I said, damn right. I said, like, well, who are you talking about? I said, I'll give you 30 guesses, and you won't figure it out. She's like, oh, is Tam back? I was like, how dare you? I was like, no, it's this new, <laughs> it's this new rookie. But uh, again, she's so good like again it's the little things like the selling the fact that she takes her time uh she's so so good but um i was a big fan of uh miyu and saya versus amisora and hanako i thought that was really really good um i thought saya and miyu as a team worked really well together which just goes to show obviously the main team in queen's quest is aphrodite saya and utami they're the two-time tag champs they're the you know the former world champion and the former wonder champion but when they split them up in these random tag teams they still work so good together and i do just want to point out that after the match was over you can just tell how excited saya kamatani is to be back because like she was you couldn't you couldn't take the smile off her face for anything like they raise their hands she hugs me and then she picks me up and like twirls her around like, she's just so excited to be back. And I like the fact that Miyu is teaming up with, you know, one of the big three. Obviously, she's part of O2 line with Azumi. I think we all, we're all in agreement that's when she does her best work is when she's in O2 line with Azumi. But we mentioned, I mentioned it a few minutes ago with the eight-person tag with, uh, you know, Tommy, Sai, and Azumi coming in and setting Miyu up for moves. This is great here. And I think this, this is the best way to have Miyu, who's already improved leaps and, leaps and bounds, over the last six months is to keep improving is to be putting her in tag matches especially two-on-two tag matches where she's teaming with utami azumi or saya so i thought that was really really good booking but uh my friend let's get uh, you know i mentioned a little bit ago that i was um that my favorite match of these four shows was yuna versus momo Watanabe. as i'm looking at my notes it wasn't let's talk about this semi-main event with utami and azumi versus crazy star because this was absolutely we knew it was going to be good this was fantastic. And if Suzu does capture the World of Stardom Championship, I would love to see a good 20-minute match or so with Suzu versus Utami for the World of Stardom Champion. Because as great as everything was, the teamwork was great. Um, the Yazumi Mace Era stuff was really good for me. My money was on the interactions between Utami and Suzu Suzuki. I couldn't agree more with you. Um Yes, we've seen Maysera and Azumi tear it up. We've seen them do it multiple times. And it is worth noting before we go into hyperbole about how good Suzu, Suzuki and Utami are together, how brutal they are just launching each other with suplexes and strikes. 
all four women alternated really, really well. And they had really, really, really good chemistry with each other. So when it was the brief exchanges between May and Utami or Azumi and Suzu, there were still really, really, really good exchanges. And you mentioned having a 20-minute match with Utami if Suzu is to come out of Dream Queendom as the Rebel Champion. Absolutely plug it into my veins, but follow that up with an Azumi title defense. Because if you're going to have, you know, you're going to, Pin your heart on your sleeve and you're going to invest in youth. I mean, for God's sake, you've put your main event of Ryogoku as Micah versus Suzu Suzuki. Go all in. Have her defend it against the likes of Azumi and give her that real push. You know, she's already proved against Julia for the New Japan Strong Women's title. Whenever she's put into that main event scene, she's improving all of the time. You know, it's not just about her high speed anymore. She is able to put together a compelling main event style match. She's added that sort of brutality to her exchanges, to her forearms, things like that, which was sorely lacking. Her kicks were always great, but it just felt like she was lacking a bit of intensity, but she's got that now. So give her a red belt match as well. Why not? Who's not going to want to see that? I mean, if you're going to carry on with one pay-per-view a year you want the red belt on each one of those pay-per-views, you're going to have to have some really big matches for things like All-Star Grand Queendom, for um, your Dream Queendom show, and there'll be another big pay-per-view somewhere as well. Save your big hairs for that. Save your Julia's, your Utami's, your Mayu's. In the meantime, pad it out with people who deserve red belt shots, who have proved that they are good when given that tap on the shoulder. I mean, you know Sayaka Matani is going to be winning the five-star next year and probably taking the belt at Dream Queendom next year. Prediction. Um, but pad it out with the likes of Mirai. Give Mirai a red belt match. Give Momo Watanabe another red belt match. Give Hazuki a red belt yes. match. Azumi, Starlight Kid. Saida. Saida. Say it, say it. Do you know what? Everyone. You know who? Go on, say Rita. Why not? You missed one other name. I'm going to say it. <clears throat> Human Cadillac, Dorian DeVille. Get him a red belt match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Whoa, 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 whoa. Not, not on these undercard shows. No, absolutely not. He is We Are Goku minimum. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you see what I mean. Suzu Suzuki has proved that she can mix with anyone on the stardom roster and have a fantastic match. And Azumi versus... Um, Suzu Suzuki for that red belt would be phenomenal. But yeah, you're absolutely right. This match showed anyone, I can't see anyone doubting the fact that Suzu versus Utami was going to be fantastic, but the exchanges they had were breathtaking at times, Matt. Yeah. Um, just real quick, you mentioned that if Stardom's going to do one pay-per-view a year, I think you mean one a month. I meant month. I, I, I meant month. I was going to say, boy, I know they're scaling down the schedule. Rob knows something that we know. We're doing one a year, folks, and it's going to be on a Tuesday. In, Imagine. It's going to be on a Tuesday in October. <laughs> <laughs> this Tuesday in Texas. <laughs> yeah, there it is with The Undertaker and Hogan on top. Um, but no, excellent, excellent stuff. And I'm glancing over my note. Yeah, I mean, Suzu and Utami, and an- another match that if you want to go back into uh, last year or earlier this year and watch, was that uh, Artist of Stardom Championship match that main event in Cork and Hall with uh, prominent Suzu, Risa, Sarah, and Haragi versus Saya, Utami, and uh, Zumi. That was the, pretty much the match yeah. that, yeah, I mean, that kind of, we saw the cracks in Queen's Quest, but the ending sequence with Utami and Suzu, Suzuki, I was like, if we can find a singles match somewhere down the line, just think how great it would be. And now you fast forward six, seven months later, Suzu's better now than she was then, and so is Utami. And if they do that match at a pay-per-view sometime in the summer or maybe 
all-star grand queendom if that's you know if they go the suzu route i mean that's going to be a surefire you know a match of the year candidate but uh yeah and again azumi azumi's fantastic as well it just seems like she's just really really she's ready for the main event it's just a matter of uh whenever they're going to put her there but she's she's ready made to go and uh, may sarah's again a wrestler who at the beginning of this year i've never really even heard much of uh before and now she's like one of the best wrestlers in, in stardom. It's just, it just goes to show you how great this wrestling company is. But real quick, Rob, I just want to make mention now. You did ask me what are the other matches on this card to watch. Definitely go and check out, if you have time, the six-person tag match with the Wedotai, Momo, Ruwak, and Tora versus the Stars team of uh, Hana, Saeeda, and Hizuki. It's hard-hitting. You have Momo and Hizuki in there. Saeeda as well. But the crux of the match, especially going towards the end, and it was perfectly put together. If you go and watch this match, the last three or four minutes, it really highlights Momo and Tora, not just individually, but as a tag team. And as they get that goddess of stardom tag team championship match, whoever put this match together to highlight them at the end, I thought it's absolute genius. So kudos on whoever agent of this match or whether it was Momo that put together the finish where it was like, hey, let's highlight us since we are going for the goddess of stardom championships uh, at the end of the month. I thought it was absolutely genius. But uh, yeah, that is another match on this card. Definitely go out of your way to watch. Let's move on then to the third show in this block, which was night two of the year and tour from the 6th of December. This was in Takamatsu in the Symbol Tower Exhibition Hall, a sellout crowd of 300 and 17 people uh we open with a singles match my sakurai defeated yuzuki in five minutes and 35 seconds with that shining buster um my uh, mina shirakawa continued her fantastic run defeating yuna mizumori in seven minutes and 29 seconds with the implant ddt uh six woman tag match this was a surprise to me god's eye amisori the uh scandinavian hurricane alice inc and suri defeated the stars team of hanan hazuki and saida with amisori pinning Hannon with the blue thunderbomb in nine minutes and one second. Uh, a tag match then, Divine Kingdom, Micah and Megan Bain defeated Hanako and Mirai with Micah getting the pinfall over Hanako with the Enka Atoshi in 8 minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, Crazy Star in the semi-main again in what was quite possibly again match of the show. Maysayer and Suzu Suzuki defeating uh, Mafia Bella, Julia and Tekla. Suzu Suzuki pinning Tekla with the Grand Maestro to the Kila in 9 minutes and 17 seconds. And then in your main event, an eight-woman tag. Queen's Quest team of Azumi Miyamasaki, Sayaka Matani and Utami defeating the Oedatai team of Momo Watanabe, Nadsa Katora Ruaka and Starlight Kid in 13 minutes and 59 seconds. Sayaka Matani pinning Ruaka with the Frankensteiner. Um, Matt, that match, the God's Eye versus Stars match, I must admit, of all the matches on all the cards that we're talking about, this one was the biggest surprise, especially as it was Amisori pinning Hannon. Yeah, it's weird because usually sight either eating these falls, but we've been noticing that Hannon, these multi-person tag matches, have been eating a lot of the falls. Now, it's one thing if it's like her and Mayu or her and Hazuki or her, Mayu and Hazuki, where they obviously want to keep Hazuki and Mayu strong. But Saita, who we joke and... Rightfully so. Not just Joe. I guess we joke to hide our pain, my friend. Uh, the poor Saida, because we love Saida <laughs> on this show. She's usually Saida eating the falls, but it's Hanan eating the falls. And I understand, you know, Sherry usually gets a lot of the uh, the wins here, obviously, because she's Sherry and head of, heads of God, head of God's eye. 
and one of the best wrestlers on this roster. And you could have even given the win to Alice Inc. You know, we just put her in this faction, so why not give her a win? But I think they're heating Ami Sori back up. They did a great job really heating her up and building her up for a match with Micah in that tournament in Cork and Hall that we saw just a few weeks ago. And she had a stellar match. I thought that was her best singles match she's ever had. And she's had some really, really good ones over the last handful of months. So I think what they're doing is they're giving her a big win over here on Hanan. And then they're going to uh, just maybe heat her up for maybe sometime in the beginning of the new year, getting a Wonder of Stardom championship match, whether that's against Ami Sori or, or not Ami Sori, that she's Ami Sori, whether that's against Seori Anu or whether they have a little uh, New Era's uh, championship match. Uh, that I don't know, but yeah, I was presently, su- I was surprised here when it was not only uh, Ami Sori getting the win here, but Hanan needing the pinfall. But I mean, who knows if this is going to lead to something or just maybe the way that when they were putting the match together, just the psychology that they came with. I don't know, but it's interesting to see, uh, you know, if Ami Sori is going to get a little bit of a push here. I think it would be good if she did, to be perfectly honest. I think she's another one in the same conversation as my Sakurai and um, Yuna Mizumori, who's in line for the most improved. I think she's done tremendous work when she uh, when she digivolved at um, All-Star Grand Queendom. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, getting the pinfall over Hannon was uh, was certainly unexpected, and I'm, I'm wondering where that is going. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's next for Hannon. Obviously, she's currently New Blood Tag Champions with uh, Sayurida as Wingori. I'm intrigued to see where her singles career goes. I think she's too big now for the future um, division. Um, I think everyone can see that. And now it's a case of does she go high speed or does she get pushed to that white belt scene? I would like, you know, and we've said this on this very podcast, that we'd love to see her in the white belt scene. Um, Whether that does materialize or not, I don't know. Um, I'd like to see her against Maysera, though, because we've seen her in that high speed style of match. Let's hear up. Let's put her in there. What as for Amisori, what's next for her? I mean white belt maybe she's certainly in that white belt conversation as i talked about on the previous um on the previous show if you're to give mina shirakawa that run and have a hold it for a long time amisori is certainly one of those people that you can give the tap on the shoulder on one of those you know quote unquote lesser pay-per-views um mina shirakawa versus amisori is going to be a great match amisori again you gave her the tap on the shoulder against julia at corrigan hall really 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 good match proved that she could um, sort of go toe-to-toe with those big people. And also, as well, has that confidence as well that goes with it. She cut a really scathing promo on Micah in that Red Belt tournament, and it was really good. So uh, I think Amisori could be pushed into that main event scene. Certainly not yet, but you know, within the next, what, year maybe? She's certainly one to keep an eye on. Um, it was the semi-main again for me, Matt, though. Crazy Star and Mafia Bella. Everything about this match rocked. You've got Julia and Suzu Suzuki with all their history just beating the ever-loving Jimmy out of each other. And then you've got Tekla and Maysera replaying what they were able to do in the limited amount of time they were given at Nagoya Big Winter. It was a very, very, very good match and very fast-paced, only going 9 minutes and 17 seconds. I thought they'd have given it slightly longer. But all in all, a really, really good match, Matt. Yeah, I totally agree. This is really good stuff. And Tekla's another one that's improving leaps and bounds. It seems like... And we talked about it before 
on the show a few times with all the injuries. When even before Sai and Utami came back, it was like, well, some of these wrestlers are really gonna have to step up. And I think we noted uh, Hanan and uh, Tekla as far as like the mid card wrestlers that have really stepped up. I mean, she changed up her look a little bit. She's really more intense with the strikes. Where she's adding her submission game is really, really good. Her stuff with Julia is excellent, obviously. We you know, we want to see more artists to start in championship matches, and I think we'll get at least one on one of these shows uh, at the beginning of the one of the two pay-per-views at the beginning of the new year. But yeah, I thought Tekla played her role really good here. She was able to, you know, basically play the game of both Suzu and May. Basically able to go high speed uh with May and then uh has hard hitting. Uh, sequences with Suzu Suzuki, which I thought was really good. And Julia's Julia. I mean, she's always going to, you know, steal the show at every uh, moment that she is in the ring. Obviously, we saw some really good stuff with Suzu Suzuki and Julia, you know, playing off their past matches, which all have been great. But, uh, you know, obviously the right person went over here with Suzu Suzuki getting the pinfall as we continue to keep Suzu hot as we get her towards Sumo Hall. I thought this was really good. I had it three and three, four stars, but I'll tell you this, Rob, as much as I enjoyed this match, the main event was my favorite match of the show. Do tell me more. Absolutely, I will. Obviously, you have again the Queen's Quest, uh, 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 the Queen's Quest team of Azumi, Sai Kamatani, Miyu Amasaki, and Utami versus the Ueda Tai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Ruwaka, and Natsuko Tora. I thought they did a great job making Starlight Kid pretty much the MVP of this match. She was, she's in the ring with Azumi. And literally time stands still for about two seconds. And then it goes a thousand miles an hour because these two just can't miss as much as these two are supposedly graduated from the high speed uh, division. They'll always be high speed style wrestlers mixed in with like main event style wrestling, which is always good. I'm a big fan of kind of how they divide it. Like the teams up here. We, we obviously Momo and Starlight Kid or our former Goddess of Stardom tag team champions. We saw Tora and Ruaka have a really good showing at last year's Goddess of Stardom uh, a tag team tournament. And then Momo and Tora is the current Oedetai tag team. Again, they're challenging uh, Utami and Sayakamatani at the end of the year for those Goddess belts. And on the other side is that anytime anybody would get in trouble, you would see Utami and Saya do some teamwork, as well as the O2, two, O2 line team, easy for me to say, O2 line team of Azumi and Miyu Amasaki. So that was really cool how it was supposed to be like an eight-person tag, but it basically broke down into like different styles of tag team wrestling between the, all four teams. I thought that was really, really good. Uh, it's a really good psychology here. This match went by it was 14, almost 14 minutes, where it didn't, didn't seem like it went that long at all. I thought this was great, and the finish kind of came out of nowhere. You figure that Ruwaka or Miyu was going to be aiding the pinfall, but you figure it would have been like with a bigger move. But it was just Ruwaka keeps getting over on Saya towards the finish. Saya is giving Ruwaka things to counter and making Ruwaka look really, really good. That it's just Saya Kamatani is able to counter the double choke bomb and hit the Hurricanrana and then grabbing the legs for the uh, leverage style pinfall. I thought this was great. I actually had it at four stars and it was my favorite match of uh, this show. It's hard to disagree. It's a very, very, very good match. I sort of had the semi-main, I think about a quarter star more than this one but again i can't explain to you how much more appealing i find a weather tie now the fact that, that it's not just all your nonsensical interference and when it is the interference it's not you know blatant and pointless and when you've got people like you know azumi miyu amasaki who it is so easy to get behind them as baby faces say kamatani as well um it makes for a very 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 good um sort of dynamic 
between them. And when I said about Sayakamatani and Utami bringing, you know, it's their absence that I miss the most on Stardom cards. It's matches like this. It's the dynamic that they bring to matches and to Queen's Quest as well, because for as good as Azumi is, and that's completely undeniable, you cannot deny that Utami and Saya are the big hitters in that group. And without them, Queen's Quest really did struggle. I mean, don't get me wrong, the injuries, we talked about it till the cows come home, but the injuries, one thing it did do from a positive standpoint, it did prove just how deep the stardom roster is. And when you do give those people that tap on the shoulder, they are able to go. And that's something that's really, really positive heading into the future and heading into 2024, which I hope, you know, beyond anything is a more consistent year than 2023, because the highs of 2023 have been phenomenal, Matt. And I think you'll agree, All-Star Grand Queendom, for example, one of the best shows I've seen of any promotion. Ever, um, ever, not just of 2023, ever. of yeah, ever, yes. yeah, absolutely. And there have been matches where I thought, oh my God, you know, I know that people didn't like the end of Tam versus Mina. Still a fantastic match, a really, really, really good match. But the lows have also been really low. So if we can have a more consistent year in 2024, and I'm really hopeful that we will, I'm very excited to see where we go. So let's get everyone back from injury. And let's get another banger year underway. Um, Yeah, let's move on then to the final show that I want to talk about. And obviously, this is going to be known for those famous numbers, 114. It's the show from the 7th of December, the third night of the year-end tour uh, from Osaka, Japan. The Osaka Rinkai Sports Center, 114 people in attendance, the lowest ever stardom attendance which is uh, some way from the sellout the prior night we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment but the card and the results are as follows uh, Mina Shirakawa defeated Ruaka with the figure four leg lock in seven minutes and 40 seconds six woman tag action the Iwata tag team of Momo Watanabe Natsukator and Starlight Kid defeated Hanako Miyu Amasaki and Yuzuki with Momo Watanabe pinning Yuzuki after the running Samato in 10 minutes and 9 seconds. The Queen's Quest A team of Azumi, Sayakamatani and Utami Hayashista defeated the Stars team of Hanan, Hazuki and Sayaida. Azumi again pinning Hanan with the diving double foot stomp in 11 minutes and 19 seconds. Uh, semi-main, Crazy Star, Meiseira and Suzu Suzuki defeating Megan Bain and Yuna Mizumori. Suzu getting the pin over Yuna with the tequila shot in 7 minutes and 47 seconds. And then in your main event, the Donna Del Mondo team of Julia, Micah, May Sakurai and Tekla defeated the God's Eye team of Amisori, Mirai, the Scandinavian Hurricane, Alice Inc. and Suri in 16 minutes and 44 seconds. Julia pinning Alice Inc. with the glorious driver, in 16 minutes and 44 seconds. Um, so, Matt, let's get the elephant in the Osaka Rinkai Sports Center out of the way. Um, lowest ever stardom attendance. Rossi Ogawa has tweeted about it and said how disappointed he is with the attendance, but he did say that the women all put forth 100% effort. And that was evident because, you, you know, for me, they never don't. Um, but I don't know what contributed to this being 
a really small attendance. I don't know whether it was because it was a random Thursday. Um, I don't know whether it was because of the temperature. I know that someone put that the temperature inside the arena was absolutely freezing. So I don't know if that had something to do with it. I don't know if it's a case of, and we've talked about it again over and over again, whether it's a lack of Mayu Tam, Natsupoi, whether, you know, whether it's that that has contributed to it. Um, what do you think, Matt? The heat in the building. What I understand, the heat in the building wasn't working. I mean, not unless you're at a big, big show. Obviously, we see in sporting events all the time, especially in American football, as we're getting towards the playoffs and a good majority of the uh, playoff teams, you know, Philadelphia, uh, Pittsburgh, they're playing uh, in colder weather. And colder weather, But that's like a huge, huge sporting thing. You really want to sit into a building on a Thursday where there's no championship match. Again, this show, we'll get into this show in a minute. This show was fantastic, especially that Stars versus QQ match. Um, phenomenal. You really want to sit in a building yeah, for two and a half, three hours with no no championship matches, no number one contender matches when the, the building is legit freezing? Like, to me, that's probably what it is. It's a combination of, of everything you just said, partner. But to me... That would be the factor for me is the fact that it's 20 degrees in the building and it's going to be, you know, you're going to be sitting there for two and a half to three hours watching a wrestling show. Like that's absolutely just insane. That's just absolutely insane. Now, again, if this was like Cork and Hall and it was a stellar show, a packed show and something happened with the heat, I'm sure they still would have packed, you know, uh, close to a thousand, if not a thousand in there. But I think that's what has to do with it. Now, I just want to say this for any of our listeners that are listening to the show that is a uh, professional wrestler. I'm sure that especially if you wrestle in the colder areas of wherever you do your trade of pro wrestling, that you have wrestled in buildings that are absolutely frigid. I cannot t- tell you how many times in 21 plus years of uh, being able to be blessed as an independent professional wrestler that I wrestled in a building in the middle of the winter where there is no heat in the building. Now, it's one thing. Now, Rob, you play what we call soccer, what you call football over there. It, you, I know that you play it uh, pretty much every Wednesday. And if it's cold out, you can wear an extra layer of clothing, correct? It's not illegal to do it. Uh, we've seen I played I played baseball in the cold weather when I was younger. I played a lot of American football in the colder weather. You just wear warmer clothes. When you're wrestling, more times than not, you're kind of, lack of a better term, half naked, right? Because you're wearing your tights or what, or what have you. And you're in that ring, and when you take a bump, in a ring when you're cold the arena is cold and the ring is cold folks that hurts that absolutely stings and you're just like oh that was the worst thing now especially in this stars versus qq match you're taking these bumps it's cold you're trying to warm up so now you got your adrenaline up you have your sweat going now you're a little warm but then you tag out because saya's got to get in or tommy's got to get in or azumi whoever's got to get in so now your body has a chance to cool down. And then when you get tagged back in for the hot tag or the finish, guess what you're doing? You're running those cold ropes. You're taking those bumps. Point I'm trying to say is these girls in a cold ring in front of the smallest crowd in the history of stardom went out there and busted their ass. So I, when I first saw this attendance, I was like, oh, this isn't good. Oh, this isn't. I wonder how the show is. So I went in there, went into the show thinking of that. And I'm like, I'm more proud of the stardom roster that the fact that in front of 114 people in a freezing cold venue, they went out there and everyone absolutely killed it. Not only that, but then Rossi Ogawa takes ownership immediately after the show and goes on social media was like, yep, right. We know this isn't good. This is, we're going to rectify this. We're going to fix this. He easily could have said something where he could have just not said anything. 
He could have not said anything. No one would have said, said like, hey, you know, the effort was great. And and that's that. Go see the show. He went and he addressed the situation right away. And he's exactly right. These girls put in 110%. And they did. Again, in a freezing cold ring with freezing cold ropes. Unbelievable performance from these ladies. Amen, brother, to absolutely everything you've just said. Um, I think in spite of everything, there are some stellar matches on this card and it you know obviously i've got no point of reference to you know wrestling in these freezing cold temperatures but i've played football where i am running about consistently in these freezing cold temperatures and that isn't pleasant and we had jesse on the podcast not so long ago and i asked her who the hardest striker was and she said straight away without any pause sorry <laughs> um so just imagine for a moment taking one of those kicks like i legitimately there was a bloke who i play football with and he came off he substituted himself because the ball hit him and it was cold and it stung too much so he came off imagine now suri kicking you in the back in a venue with no heating that must have been absolutely appalling but they didn't care. Not one of the women phoned it in. And you'd be forgiven, Matt, for, you know, saying, oh, there's not many people here. Like, ah, sod it. We'll just, you know, we'll do what I like to call T-shirt Kenny Omega wrestling, <laughs> where whenever Kenny came out in a T-shirt when he was part of Bullet Club, you knew that nonsense and shenanigans was going to ensue. Or or T-shirt Naito is the yeah. exact same. You know that he's not going to be giving 110. You play the yeah. These you, women, you play the hits. You give them a little bit of comedy. You do one or two of your big moves that aren't that difficult to do, and you take it home. And I got to tell you one thing: if I was wrestling Sherry, I'd much rather take the Vermilion World and the Ruin because she because she's controlling your neck than I would a straight either form or kick because that's Jesse said it. It's, just, it's like a shoot. It's like a shoot. But yeah, you're right, brother. I mean, you look at the way she punts Natsupoy across the ring, and she's and Natsupoy is warmed up at that point. Imagine that in a venue with no heating. I mean, obviously getting hit in the leg or in the stomach or heaven forfend in the uh, old plums with a football, and that hurts. But in freezing cold, that's that's just yeah, that's that's. I give them nothing but credit. And again, yes, this show may be forever known as the lowest ever stardom attendance, but don't let that put you off because there are matches on this card, especially that Queen's Quest and Stars six-woman tag that are really, really good. I also really enjoyed the main event, Matt. I thought the main event was really, really good, even if it was another pinfall loss for Alice Inc. Yeah, and the match in between it, the uh, match number four with Crazy Star, Suzu and May versus Megan Bain and Yuna Miss Mori. I get, we, we knew when the match graphic came up, like, okay, we know who's eating the pinfall here. We know who's going to give the pinfall, but I didn't care. I thought it was great. Again, Yuna, probably the most improved wrestler, in my opinion, uh, in 2023, not just in stardom, but all of wrestling. But yeah, the main event was excellent as well. Um, I just want to point out, you know, we mentioned it before, let's talk about it. QQ versus Stars, Azumi, Utami, and Saya. Versus Suzuki, Sai, Ida, and Hanan. I liked how the match starts. And we always see this with, uh, especially when Mayu's in the match. Obviously, Mayu wasn't here. She's uh, nursing the injury. But when these stars match start, they always start with, like, triple team work to get the advantage. And so I was like, oh, it's cool that, like, Azuki was running the triple team spot. Like, I, you know, she's kind of like the makeshift leader of this team. And they're running on Utami, who's 
the biggest star in this match. So she's the only, you know, red belt champion. And they're running it on her and they start running more double teams. And then Saya and Azumi are like, yeah, we're, we're Queen's Quest. We don't put up with this. They come in and they just take everybody out. And immediately the advantage goes back to Queen's Quest. That's a really great baby face versus baby face six person tag match to start and to get going where it's like, we need, we need to triple team the biggest star in this match to get the advantage where the other two people are like, yeah, we're no schlubs either. Let's go and save our, and you know, Tommy's the leader. Let's go and save the leader. I thought that was really cool. I thought uh, all the Han and Izumi stuff was really good. Obviously we saw some great stuff with Hazuki and Utami. Hazuki versus Saya Kamatani. I mean, akin back to what many people uh, will agree with me is the greatest wonder of stardom championship match of all time from earlier this year from the triangle derby. Ida just throwing down with Utami was like, oh man, that's a singles match that please give me somewhere down the line. Uh, just really great teamwork again for both teams, but I really like how it finished where uh, Sai Kamatani basically had to take uh, Hazuki and Sai Ida out to the floor. And then we saw the uh, basically it was triple teamwork. It was the magic killer and then Azumi hitting the double stop on the Hana. Yes, it's Hana eating another fall. But at the same time, it took a double team from the tag champs and Azumi's insane top rope double stomp to put Hana away. So it was a great job building Hana up in this match only for the, hey, the only way we can take her out is by hitting bomb after bomb after bomb. I thought it was a good way. Again, Hana ate the fall, but it made her look good in defeat. Uh, it was my favorite match from this show. I had it at four stars, my friend. Yeah, the height that, um, that Azumi gets is, is quite frightening with some of these double stomps. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Yes, it was uh, Hannon that ate the pinfall, but ultimately, you know, she did have to eat three finishing moves effectively for her to uh, to be capped down. Uh, overall, this might have been my favorite top to bottom card of these four. Yes, there were better matches on other cards, but I think as a consistency point, I think this card for me was certainly the best. I think the MVPs, we talked about Yuna Mizumori. She was great in this tag match as well, but Crazy Star did not miss the entire show. Mina Shirakawa had really good matches, but you look at Crazy Star's sort of run during this run of shows. They had a great match with Megan Bain um, to defeat the Stars team of Hanan, Hazuki, and Sayurida. They had a great match, probably match of this run, um, against Azumi and Utami, that time limit draw from Hiroshima. Then they had the match with Mafia Bella the night before, and then here they had that match with Megan Bain and Yuna Mizumori. As a tag team, they are phenomenal and one of the best in stardom and if you are going to do aphrodite having this run with the tag titles give me crazy star versus aphrodite because my god that is going to sign that could main event a pay-per-view and i don't think there is a single person and stardom fandom that would complain about that match. you literally took the words right out of my head my friend regardless of what happens with suzu and micah i mean we've seen where mm -hmm. champions i mean when sherry was when sherry beat utami she was one half of the tag champs uh we, we've, we've seen that happen before um so we obviously eo i mean he was the ultimate bell collector back in 2016 yeah. and 2017 i mean gee she had everything there didn't she uh, outside of the uh, wwe european championship but i mean yeah that's a match you know, we mentioned it before. Now that you have two legit main eventers as your tag champs, you can put tag team championship matches on your main event of pay-per-views and it's going to draw over a thousand people. It's going to make money on pay-per-view. It's going to up your subscriptions on Stardom World when it's uploaded the three or four days after. And this is, yes, exactly. A Utami 
and Sayakama tying defense against Suzu and Maysera, absolutely will main event a pay-per-view, as well as a Mayu and Hana championship match, as well as a Hazuki and Kagama as FWC once Kagama gets back. These are all matches you can main event pay-per-views with. And one of the main and the main reason is because you have two proven main eventers as your tag champs, which just goes to prove how stacked this roster is, Rob and how well you can just up the game on your tag team division. And I made a, I was on the uh, strong style podcast uh, this, uh, this past week talking with uh, Scott's one of Scott's buddies, uh, Trent Brewer. And I made mention that if they do a Saya versus Utami final in the five-star grand prix, have them as tag champs because how many new people to stardom are going to watch that show quite a bit. We, you know, we've, we've seen it. We get people that tag us in all the time. They're new to stardom. And sometimes those are the first shows you literally have your finals as your tag champs. Is your tag division that good? Damn right it is. Damn. I mean, what what a big shot in the arm would it be for these tag belts to have an eight, nine-month phenomenal run with Utami and Saya, and then your finals of the 2024 five-star Grand Prix is Utami coming in with one belt and Saya coming in with the other, and you're like, wow, your tag champs are that good that they, that they won their respective blocks, and then the winner of this is going to main event Sumo Hall. Yeah, that's how good our tag division is in stardom, folks. Boom. Yeah. Uh, again, again, you summed it up perfectly. And if I could have one wish, it's that if everyone is fit for next year's Goddess of Stardom Tag League, please, please, just, just for me, just for one year, have the strongest teams. Have Crazy Star, Aphrodite, FWC, Mayu and Hannon, um, all of these different teams that are teams outside uh, Mafia Bella, don't mix them up. Please, please, just let us have the best tag teams in stardom and let them blow the tag league out of the water. Black Desire, for example, Starlight Kid and Momo Watanabe, who are former tag champs, who just don't seem to be teaming at all at the moment. Bring in the, Literally, yeah. Bring in the Inaba sisters. The Inaba sisters have Divine Kingdom. I know that Megan Bain probably won't be with the promotion by that point. Her contract probably will have expired by then. But if it hasn't, if you can extend it further, have Divine Kingdom there as well. Like, literally just stack it with your tag teams. And when you actually go through, like I've just done, and gone through all the tag teams that Stardom actually has, and that's without thinking about someone like a Wingori or a Weathertai XL or um, uh, the New Eras, who I missed out as well, like you have a really stacked tag roster. So as an early Christmas present, Stardom, promise me that. Ra- Please. Ra- Rossi Claus, Santa Rossi Claus, Rossi Vice. Rossi Vice, indeed. Rob, indeed. Rob Goodwin has been a good boy this year. I will concur. Please help, help, help him out. Help, help a young young gentleman out. That's all he's asking for. I mean, yeah. I've, I've had, yeah, yeah. I yeah been, I've, been, I th- I've been relatively I think you've been pretty good this year, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Um, So, just very briefly before we close out this podcast, obviously we are on the year-end tour. I know that as we record this, it is the 13th of December and we have missed the 9th and the 10th, but there hasn't been a show (laughs) that they aren't up on Stardom World yet, so we can't do the Osaka final show which is from Osaka's second, um, the Eddie and Arena, sorry, Osaka's second, or the one in Kobe. So they will be, pardon me, next week's show. We might, 
also get the Nagata show in, which runs on the 17th. But again, that purely depends on Stardom World uploads. So next week, we will be reviewing the 9th, the 10th, and the 17th. Um, and the week after, that's the big one, guys. We have got our previews of the year-end climax. We have got our preview of um, New Blood. And then the week after, it is our Dream Queendom preview. Lots and lots to look forward to in stardom as we close out this year. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that after the Dream Queendom show, perhaps the same day, I don't know yet, we'll see, um, uh, there will be the stardom, the fourth annual Stardom Cast Awards. So make sure you get on that and get your votes in. Votes will close on january the 4th because why not everything else good's happening on january the 4th so why not close it on january the 4th um also while you're at it absolutely go and check matt turner out on the strong stylish podcast it is a banger of a listen it got me through a really rough day today so uh, thank you for that mr turner and strong stylish as well um but that just about matt turner almost wraps us up because first of course we've got Kyrie and Neo watch what has gone on Matt. oh i just closed my notebook but i don't need to open it because i can tell you what happened or didn't happen on Kyrie and eo <laughs> this week folks i guess you just can't have eo and Kyrie on all two hours of smackdown which i would absolutely love uh, basically there was a backstage segment with all of damage control oscar Kyrie, eo dakota kai and bailey where they're all blaming Bailey for uh, Kyrie's loss last week. Kyrie's loss. Well, we haven't said that much in this podcast over the last year. Anywho, to Bianca Belair, <laughs> she's the best. To Bianca Belair last week, uh, Kyrie says that she will forgive her. However, there is a match with Oscar versus Charlotte Flair that is going to be booked for later, later in the uh, the evening. And they basically say, "Hey, Bailey, why don't you take Oscar aside?" and teach her some tricks to beat Charlotte Flair because nobody knows Charlotte Flair like you do. She's like, okay, fine, no problem. So the match is getting ready to happen. We have all of we have Charlotte Flair. She comes down first, and then all members of Damage Control come to the ring. However, on the way to the ring, that EO and Kyrie get jumped and beat up by, uh, by uh, Zelina Vega, by Shotzi Blackheart, by uh, Bianca Belair, and uh, basically just beat them all the way to the, uh, the back of the, uh, the building. So then we have a really good match with Bailey and, or excuse me, Oscar and Charlotte Flair that ensues where Charlotte gets legit injured. Uh, there's a spot where she gets arm dragged off the top rope, and you can just tell she's in a lot of pain. But to her credit, she goes out and finishes the match. The match ends with Bailey running some interference because she was not allowed at ringside and was not and was not one of the members that got jumped backstage or jumped in the aisleway, which I thought was just. Not called for. EO and Kyrie were just there for moral support. There's no reason why she needed to get beat up by all the uh, members of the female roster. Oh, me again. That was the fourth person. So it was a four-on-two uh, beatdown, buddy. And they were jumped. Like, rude. How rude. Anywho, so um, uh, Asuka winds up getting the win on Charlotte with some help from Bailey. They go backstage, and all is forgiven, my friend. They basically forgive Bailey for uh, you know not holding up her end of the deal and damage control. And it seems like everything is A-OK for now, which uh, I'm kind of glad because it really seemed like they were going to do the breakup of Bailey and Damage Control early on, which the way that I'm looking at it, maybe this is, most, this, maybe this is just me being the biggest Io Shirai fan in the world. The way that I was looking at it, because this Damage Control stuff 
This is the best thing on WWE TV in the past few months, in my opinion, and it's drawing the highest ratings. My thing that I thought they were doing was rumored is Bailey wins the Royal Rumble, and we have Bailey and Io at WrestleMania for the WWE Women's Championship, which I'll be over the moon for for several reasons. And one of them is the fact that uh, me and you, good sir, will be there at WrestleMania. So how awesome would it be that we're there together at WrestleMania to watch Io Shirai defend the WWE Women's Championship. I hope that's what happens. That's the rumor planned for now. However, WWE sometimes gun shy on pulling the trigger on newer people at the top of the card for WrestleMania. Uh, it's also rumored that Charlotte or Bianca may be champion going into WrestleMania, and they're going to do Charlotte versus Bianca on the SmackDown side and Rhea Ripley versus Becky on the Raw side, thus taking away one of our beloved stardom wrestlers in a championship match at WrestleMania, Rob. We shall see, sir. It's absolutely horrendous the way that Io Shirai is treated. I cannot believe, obviously I'm joking, she's <laughs> WWE Women's Champion. And of course, as I mentioned last week, it, it's nice to see that Kyrie's putting over these youngsters <laughs> in uh, in WWE. Obviously, Bianca Belair is only a former Raw and former women's, uh, SmackDown women's champion. So it's nice to see Kyrie. The WrestleMania main event there. Only, only, only five women uh, main evented WrestleMania, and she's one of the five. And she just she needed that rub from the Pirate Princess, brother. But I tell you what, Bianca Belair, you mentioned all of her accolades. She's never won the red belt. She's never won the white belt. Was never part of freedom. So you know that's that. And Kyrie was. So maybe that's maybe that's the idea. <laughs> exactly, Bianca. Who <laughs> is uh, the way we'll end this podcast? <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a blast as always. Don't forget, you can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you can, it would be great if you could give us a review or indeed leave a comment on the podcast app of your choice, whether that is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts for however long that's a thing. Um, Everywhere. Amazon Music, we are physically everywhere so uh, you can show your support that way it would really 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 help us out patreon.com forward slash the stardom cast is where you can get even more of mine and matt's beautiful voices and there's 150 or so extra bonus episodes we are on social media at the stardom cast twitter instagram all that good stuff you can find us on youtube at the stardom cast as well if you want to talk to me on twitter you can it's at real rob goodwin Matt Turner, sign us off, good sir. Absolutely. Again, you guys can find me on the Strong Style podcast earlier this week. We had an absolute blast talking all things stardom. Also, you can probably find me in any local mall next to Santa Claus yelling, bye, boy. Got to find a way to get it in, brother. Got to find a way to get it in. Uh, questions, comments, suggestions, uh, anything that you guys need from me, Matt Turner OF on the Instagram and or the Twitter is the best way to get a hold of me. You want to shoot me an email, that's perfectly fine as well. The stardomcast22 at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me via the email. Uh, once again, folks, we cannot say thank you enough for the phenomenal support that we are showing on a daily basis. It really means the world to us and just helps keep the stardom train going, folks. Because like I always say, it's just not my podcast, it's our podcast. Because we're all together, everybody's different, everybody's special. 